All right, boys, we are live. Episode 18 of the Tailgate Takes podcast. It's coming at you on a little bit of a different uh, platform here tonight as all four of us are in different areas, got shit going on. So uh, we're going to wait here, a little bit of a online Zoom meeting. We got uh, the NFL draft coming up tomorrow night. Uh, going to be an interesting take on that. We're also going to hit up the Brewers. Um, some big uh, little umpire miscue there that uh, Charles Shitty wants to go off on. And then dive, uh, well, and then back to uh, draft. Charles has some uh, big thing or draft scouting from uh, the athletic. So uh, Nagel just dipped out. So it looks like it's going to be myself as Mickey, Charles, and Taylor. So, boys, how are we doing this week? Taylor, any success tonight? Charles, what's going on? Just had the worst day of turkey hunting in the history of my life. Jed and I went hunting this morning on a, on a new property, had a real promising start. And then Kenzie texted me and then called me because the cattle got out. <laughs> Sarah so found I'm, them, probably. I'm 45 minutes away. I'm 45 minutes away from this guy, from my place, plus a 20 minute walk down a hill. And we had to pack up and leave before like seven o'clock. Uh, so then we get back and the cattle were definitely out and they were not easy to contain. But the farmer that I am, we got them back into place. And then Jed and I have been hunting the rest of the day. And the reason I said earlier that I don't think I'll be done by six because I, I really just. We just toughed it out for five hours in a fucking blind and didn't see a thing. So it's, it's been a rough day. How'd they get out? Uh, they just they're jumped. Wild animals? <laughs> yeah. They Whoa. just jumped. Uh, they jumped. the. Uh, well, they're in kind of like a temporary situation right now. Did that storm uh, last night have anything to do with it? No. Storm. No. And the storm was not here. Did it rain in Westby? Yeah, we got hail. Oh my god, you are kidding me. No. Nope. We are in a severe drought. Ever since I brought the first animal onto my farm, we have had like zero rain in important times. Yeah, and it wasn't even like the greatest rain. August, and now we are sitting in April and we're looking down the barrel of possibly only having one inch of rain in the month of April. And it's terrible. It's terrible. And the rain yeah, is tonight. I'm trying to grow some grass, and it's very hard to get grass growing when you have to go out and water it every single day. Not that it's hard to do, but it's pretty annoying that you can't just rely on a nice rain every once in a while. Uh, yeah. April is supposed to be one of the wettest months of the year. So, oh, God, hopefully it doesn't, <laughs> hopefully we're not like in, in for like an actual like drought season because that would be right. terrible. Charles, what do you got going on? Uh, lost 75 bucks gambling last night. Uh, I needed they DraftKings has a promotion where if the Reds and Dodgers first inning had zero runs in it, I got plus 150 odds on that. So bet 50 to win 75 and very first pitch was a home run. So that's my luck. Uh, and then I tried to recoup it with a $25 under bet on the Warriors and didn't work. Yeah, the old Mavs on a big 28 0 run that game. Yeah, Mavs scored 133. Was it over? over? You bet the over or under on the game or just on the Warriors itself? Over on the game. It was 124 or 224, and they combined for like freaking 240 almost. Yeah, it was bad. So I got to I gotta take a break from gambling for a few days. So let's head to the Brewers. It's been a tough last uh, – we got beat today. Lost the series to the Marlins. Uh, otherwise – Overall, I mean, it was – what a positive couple weeks it's been, but this Marlins series is kind of annoying. They're just bad at home. Seems like every home I, – I, they've lost all three home series they've had so far. Yeah, they, they lost the, the Twins, the Pirates, and the Marlins now, and now they're playing the Dodgers. And 
council announced today that Eric Lauer is going to start tomorrow. They're going to move everyone back a day in the rotation. So it'll be Lauer tomorrow. Then it'll be uh, Woodruff. No. How's that going to go? Peralta probably. Lauer, yeah, Lauer tomorrow, Peralta, Woodruff, Burns. And then Hauser is going to start the next series. I think they Jed play the Phillies or the something. Jed said they beat the Cubs at home. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. I know I'm right. That's why I said it. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Jed. Good job. Thanks, man. But uh, so what's the whole deal with moving the back one start? Did he say just because of the injuries and everything? No, it's because uh, up until now, they've they've had off days scheduled properly that they've had five days in between starts every game for each start for those pitchers so far because they've had off days. We're now they're in the middle of, I think, 17 straight days with a game. So they're, yeah. they added a sixth person to the rotation just to, to keep that five days off, like stretch, stretch going. Right. Uh, although yeah, they, it seems like pitching Eric Lauer against the Dodgers is going to be just like, I mean, they'll score a hundred runs probably. Well, the big thing right now is that the Dodgers have, they're, I think they want to say they lost six of their last eight or nine. Seven of um, nine they've lost, but yeah. I think they're winning right now. But they're, yeah, I mean, well, they, they've they, been you know, they just too. lost a series to the Reds. Yeah, they've been struggling. But uh, so, I mean, we'll if see, we I mean, it, a good a, a split would be good, I would say. I'd right. be happy. Is it a four game series? Yep. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I think so, the Lauer game is a loss. And well, I think I mean, Woodruff and Burns, we, we have get, a shot. Right. If we can get uh, if we can get any sort of guy back off of IR, you know the injured reserve. I mean, we can at least get a chance. But right now, it's you know PD going out. Who, who's yeah, the next one coming off? Who's I bet the next you Kane, Kane will probably be the next guy back. And I don't think he's like that close. I think he's no. still at least a week. And it sounds like uh, Yelich could be back this weekend, but still, it's you know yeah, he's, they've been saying that though for so long. Right. I'm so tired of Yelich. Seriously. I, okay. I don't know. Jeez, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he's pretty I'm sure they're just holding him back like outrageous precautions. Well, I yeah. think I think it's bothering me. He basically council said he hasn't gotten any better or any worse for like a week. And they gave him that MRI the other day, and the MRI basically yielded like they there's nothing they don't need surgery or anything like there's no major damage but which maybe is even worse because now that doesn't really give you a reason that it's not improving it's like right the whole thing of the mri was to to see if things were good or not or worse and they came up with nothing so, so it's kind of like kind of they're sitting thing. in the middle of nowhere yeah it's like a good thing okay he doesn't need surgery but it's a bad thing because there's no clear like reason or explanation for the problem Cause now you're, now you're in the Ryan Braun talk. Cause he had this injury too. And he was injury real the whole season, pretty much. It was years of it. Right. What's the injury? Yelich is only, Yelich is only like 29. So it's like, how could he already be having it? Not even his extension hasn't even kicked in yet. And he's already got back thing. Yeah. That's a, it's a big annoying factor. The back seems like for, you know, I don't mean for anything, but for this, back's a huge, huge thing that yeah, this, goes from being a 10 day to more than this that. Is, this is starting to feel like a real Ryan Braunish type situation. Yeah. Yeah. And then it doesn't help that, like, I mean, some of the guys who filled in for Yelich have been okay. Like Tyrone Taylor's had good, he's been good. McKinney's had his moments, but it's like, we still need that like middle of the order guy who just, you can rely on to drive in a run every day, every game. And like Shaw has been terrible the last like week and a half. And Garcia Same with has Garcia. Been worthless. Yeah. Worthless. The only guy you can really count on is Narvaez, I guess. And who's, then Wong, who's been hot. He's, you know, but still, I mean, he can easily fall off easily oh, within I'm the next waiting for it. game or two. Yeah, and that's where like if you get sure. Pena, then 
you've got that guy that can go back and forth. So are you getting via or Narvaez some time if he goes in a slump or something like that? But I don't know. They're they're in a bad spot right now. It's somehow we're still winning games, but except for this last series. Pena broke he broke his toe, so I feel like that's not a short injury. Isn't and he played like kind of a long. Yeah, he played two innings with it. Yeah. Remember back when we were talking about the beginning of the year and we said they have too many outfielders and all of a sudden we like have <laughs> don't have enough. not enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's after if if we lose another guy, I don't know who's after Tyrone Taylor. You remember when somebody. we when we uh I can't remember if we traded for that Derek Fisher. Oh yeah, he's on the injured list though. Yeah, and he's he's been on the 10 day since like the beginning of the year, I want to say. Yeah. Not the beginning of the year, but it's been a while. Is it not hilarious how they just use the injured list? Just it seems totally made up. Right. Like Zach Godley. Zach Godley just went on it today. Really? Uh Lynn Bloom went on it like the day of his long bad day. Like, well, it's like just, a, Jace, remember Jace Peterson just randomly went on it. Like they just make up injuries, it seems like. Well, you know what I think it is too is some of these guys probably have zero options. So instead of sending them down to the minors, like Limblom probably doesn't have options. Oh, for sure. So they send them to the 10 day, like, oh, for here's sure. your punishment. Send them to the 10 day, and then they call up somebody else. I don't know why. Oh, that's godly, though. I, I, I don't know. Because someone like yeah, that, you think they would just option using. them. Right. Well, maybe he's out of options because they just – what they did sign him to a minor league option. Yeah. And, like, Jace so Peterson's the same thing. Right. I mean, they're, they're uh, injured reserve right now. It's stacked. I'm try to find that. I don't know how many guys they still have left on the 40-man roster to even bring up if they need. I did see that they uh, designated uh, that Bickford. Yeah, and, and uh, Nottingham the other day. So, isn't designation Nottingham? Nottingham got DFA'd. Didn't no one claimed him though? Well, it, his ten days hasn't come up yet, so we don't know. Oh, he's still just so they, they said that Godley injured his right finger on a bunt attempt in the third. Yeah, I did see that. That's why he is on the aisle. But you got. So and then Robertson anyway. He's not there. a major league. Oh yeah, Robertson. That was bad. Got smoked in the head. I didn't see that one. It was bad. It was pretty bad. Again, of course, against the Cubs, and we didn't freak out like they got. The Contreras gets hit in the head, and all the bench is clear, and then Robertson gets hit in the head, and no one cares, I guess. Right. So you got Brent Anderson. He's on the ten day. Limblom ten day. Uh, that Topa and that Wall, they're both 60-day. Pena, yeah. 10. Um, you got Lopes and Matthias, they're both 60. Jace is 10. You got Lorenzo Kane, Derek Fisher, and Yelich all on the 10. Which, God, that's so many guys. Yeah. Can you, how, many, how many is that on 10 days? Because so you got when three, you four, five. Six, seven, seven guys, and that's not counting. Um, just putting Godly on it, so you got eight. So eight guys. You only have a forty-man roster, and when you go on the ten-day the the ten-day the IL, you don't you don't get to recoup your forty-man roster spots. So we yeah, only have anyway. like we only have like six, seven guys. We only have. You said there's eight, so we only have six guys. We have- available to bring up when we need eight and then you have like four guys that are on the 60 days so now you're down 20 you're down 28 spots well at least the at least the 60 man uh they get the 40 man spot back which is good because we can backfill it but yeah it's bad and two runs again today i didn't expect to win alcantara is their best pitcher and Godley's our worst pitcher, so I mean, it wasn't surprising to look, look like we did, but it just is frustrating because of that terrible call. That basically, you want to just explain what happened there, because 
So it's a it's a chopper to the first base side. Godly um, gets off the mound like a, a normal pitcher, like you are taught in high school. You find the first baseline, you run the first baseline, first base to toss you the ball. Um, in the video that I seen, it looks like the base runner, I can't I can't think off the top of my head. Was it that Jazz Chisholm? I, no, it was Diaz. Diaz? Okay. So from my the videos that I have seen on Twitter back and forth, they they all look like it's the same view. When he is running down that line, he is running inside the base. He is running on the grass. Yep. Outside the baseline. Yep. Yeah, the so, baseline is technically from the center of the dirt to the other side, to the right side of the grass. Correct. That's, to the running that's lane the, on the, on the two ball lines side territory. There, two lines, and you're supposed to stay between those two lines. And he was Correct. way the hell on the left side. He Right. He was on the inside of that line, and he was on the grass some part. Yep. And when – Godly caught the ball. You could see that he was giving himself up. He was not running yeah. hard. You could see at the yeah. time that he pulled himself back. He gets to Godly gets there, touches the base, and you could see at the last second, like that Chit or Diaz, like took kind of like his left knee, kind of looked like he went inwards, like he was like trying to like juke, you know, like act like he was in his way. Mm -hmm. That Godly was in his way. And then he gets he, the umpire comes out and gives an interference call of a play that's not even close. Yeah, you, you know, know it's, I don't. If you watch in slow mo, I don't even think he touches them. And I also, I also don't even blame Diaz for it because it, I don't think he was trying to like draw an interference call. I think, I think he had just given up and said, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit sprinting because this play is over." Right. Um, me looking at it right now. It's, I just don't understand how you can make that call. And a lot of the times, the home umpire, the home plate umpire will make that call. It's, it's you know, it's he's the one watching the lane. Mm -hmm. That's he can make that call. First, the guy, the first base umpire, he is not down the line. He's at an angle. You know, he's trying to see a bang bang play coming at an angle. He can't see you know, if the runner is inside the base, which he should be able to easily see that. But I, I just don't understand where you get that call from. Yeah. If you can't tell, then default to don't call anything. Like, Mickey. Right. Yeah, go ahead. How many times when you are umping, do you get, like, bored and kind of, uh, like, daydreamy? I feel like he was just daydreaming and he saw it. Like, he caught something but wasn't really paying attention. And then he's like, I don't know. Or he was just bored. I mean, no yeah, sense. I mean, that that happens, but like he wants attention. That's ever happened to me was when I was up in middle school softball or something. You know, I mean, <laughs> not, not you're talking, not you're major talking league baseball, right? You're talking, this is your profession. He's probably done it for 30 years, right? I mean, well, I'm pretty sure he's, I've seen this up and he's not, you know, he's not oh, a he's terrible. I don't get why they can't just be like, okay, wait a second. That was just weird. Like the, 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 um, home plate should have overruled him. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's his call. That's where he should be. You know, that's when he comes and says, no, the runner was actually inside the bit. He was not within his own rights of the base path. Therefore he should not, the, the fielder should not be called for obstruction or interference because he is actually those, within his own rights. It's one of those rules that it's an obvious rule. Unless it's not obvious. Why are you even, like, how would that even come about in his head? Yeah. Like, like. Uh, the, he, that's he, the whole like, thing. Did he, like, read, did he read a manual earlier in the day? He's like, I haven't called interference in a while. I got to look <laughs> for that. But I got to look for that. Yeah. Because, like, what, why would that. Check that off my that? bingo sheet. Because yeah. it was like he was like looking for that shit like a while. Yeah. And isn't the, part of the rule of interference whether or not it has anything to do with the play? And the play yeah, had already been over. It was over. If the yeah, only I time know. you could say there was interference was at the exact same moment that uh Vogelback put his foot on the base to end it. Like 
That was the exact same moment. There's yeah. no situation that the interference would have prevented him from getting out. And it wasn't even like a flop. It was like a, he like, it's like he considered flopping and the umpire, like the ump saw it, like, like saw him considering it, like anticipating. He's like, Oh shit, here we go. He's going to, he's going to flop this. I'm going to get behind him on this one. I'm going to get behind him on this one. And that's, no did sense. you see? Did you see after the game too? He basically doubled down on his call. So there was an interview, I guess, or like a report, and it says, "Here's the is a question. Have you seen video replay?" He says, "The umpire says, sure did. We we're able to get one angle, not my angle. We dissected it a little bit as a crew. I'm 100 percent sure that the runner was impeded on his way to first. And then he goes on and he's like, he basically explains the rule and it's like, okay, you can explain the rule, but he was not impeded. Mental case. And then right here, it says question. Does it matter that the first baseman already had the ball on the bag before any of this happened? And then the umpire responded, we looked at it. And at the very least, it wasn't before it may, it was maybe around the same time he started to slow up and had to take a jog to the right. In that case, that's still obstruction. So no, he right. took a hard jab into the left. And then, like, was, like, um, like he was, like, pondering whether or not he wanted to, like, push a, like, a flop. And then the guy was even, like, nah, the play's over. Like, the runner was even. Because the runner just took one hard jab into the left, acted like that, and then took a hard jab back to the right. It was the most idiotic play I've ever seen. Look at how play. far for – for you guys, yeah. not the viewers, but look at how far away he is from right. three feet, three feet behind him when the ball is released from his hand. Right. Yeah. And that's, and you're going to call obstruction. Look at how far the fielder is in. You can't, I mean, the only way that he can argue that is because, um, Vogelbach kind of like stumbled around the bag. So by the time yeah. he actually did touch yeah, the but... plate, they were probably even. And then it doesn't help that. I'm pretty sure like literally two plays later, there's a pass ball and this was a different umpire as a home plate umpire. But did you see Narvaez go after the ball? And then he, he kind of goes to like throw it home to the pitcher covering the home plate, but he can't because the home plate umpire literally didn't move. He just stood in the way. And like, if there had been a play there, Narvaez would have had to throw the ball right at the umpire and it would have been, and that's and just so bad umpiring. Yeah, you I mean, can't what do you, you can't call you structure or anything on that. But it's yeah, and then of course later in the game, probably like the fifth inning, sixth inning, uh, Alcantara is up to bunt for the Marlins, and he clearly offers at a bunt, clearly offers at it, and they check down to first base to the ump who had just screwed us in the second inning, and he said no swing. And then uh, bench coach Pat Murphy came out and uh, he yelled at him a lot and then got ejected. But it's like, and I don't, I don't understand why that's his role to go do that, that and not, why is he doing that? Not council. I'm not really sure, but. Well, you know, I, goes out there and council goes out there and just like, Hey guy, come on. Like, come on. Yeah. Please. He's not, a, he's not a yeller. Watching him argue a call is is just disgusting. It's awkward. It's awkward. Like he, it's he'll go out there and he'll he'll be looking the total opposite way, talking to you or trying to yell at, not even yelling, just talking to you, and then he'll walk away and like his head's away, but he'll be talking and like the umpire is like yelling at him, and he's just he's just like looking away like this, like talking to him. It's it's like yeah, get in does. his face or something. He means he means business when he pulls his mask down and yells from the dugout too. Yeah, that's like yeah. his stupid stuff. <laughs> Once he once he gets close, he ain't mask is up and he is blind. Obviously, yeah. the pitching's unbelievable. It's un, it's unfortunate what happened to Burns the other night. I don't know. It's just like a weird. It's, well, wasn't it's that kind blooper of, after blooper? Yeah, um, he's unbelievable. Number one in WHIP. Woodruff is five. It's uh, we truly have two of the top five pitchers in the league. I think right now. Mm-hmm. Fire Eyes is looking good. Yeah, the bullpen's a lot of run. Hater's good. Um, Hater and Williams. I, Williams, give Williams one more month and he'll be back to where he was last year. Oh, yeah, you think so? At least one month. 
His chains up I mean, looking good against or against the uh, Padres. That's good. Yeah, I mean, but, you, I, but I don't, I don't isn't, isn't as good as I thought it would be though. No, I really expected more out of like Rasmussen. I didn't. I kind of expected him to be like a like a valuable weapon, and he's kind of just like mop up guy. Is all he is. Yeah, well, he had he had some bad bad first outings there. Yeah, my biggest concern is getting is like when they get to the sixth. If their starter can't make it to the sixth, recently they've been going to Suter. Yeah, which is good, but he can only do that like once every three or four days. Can't right, he's not like every day. Right, he's not a type of guy that can come in or even just one inning every, you know, multiple days in a row. And like Foxberger, like sometimes is good, and then sometimes is just lets up a home run. Like I don't trust him. I do not trust Yardley anymore. He's he no. can't throw strikes. He can't throw strikes when he needs to. Like he he can't <coughs> command anything. And then, I see they did bring up that guy they traded for from Arcia. Uh, that Patrick yeah. Weigel or Weigel. Okay. Yeah, he pitched okay. He today. threw today. Yeah. How do you do? Uh, I think he just allowed one run, maybe. Hey, Charles. Maybe none. Who's the old, old lefty submarine pitcher that was like almost a, he was like pretty much a closer one year? Brian Charles. Yes. Or Mitch Stetter. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Charles. Yeah. I thought Schaus was right-handed, but maybe he was lefty. Well, maybe he wasn't. Maybe it was the righty because because Stetter was much more like three-quarter. Yeah, and uh, Claudio, obviously, the last couple of years. His career had to be ended by that Schaus three-batter was a lefty. rule. Who he was? Went, he was Schaus. He was Schaus was absolute submarine. That guy, like, he was scraping the ground almost. He was like a half-ass closer for a while. I mean, because we didn't it, have anybody else. Probably. They weren't good, but he, uh, I remember that guy was, what was he, was he like with the Brewers like later in his career? Yeah. Like he was the big, end. I think he was like an yeah. old man. I feel like he might've been part of the 08 playoff team though. Might've well, been. Years was the. So, so, uh, we go today, two innings. Gave up, gave a one hit, three walks, four Ks. Any runs? 40 pitches. No, no runs. Hmm. Perdomo, uh, he's yeah, got a 7.94 ERA. Well, but if he, if he could like turn it on and be good, I mean, he has the stuff. Yeah, it's his, it's his walks. He's still, that's still his problem. Yeah. Tope get one today. Really- Really hurts because I think he was supposed to be. I don't know. He just he pitched two scoreless innings in a playoff game, and like in my mind, I'm like, if you can do that, then you should be like eighth inning guy. But right, that's definitely going to be the position they go after at tri- the deadline because oh, for sure. I mean, you that can't never inning guys. That and one more one more starter. They they need a. Uh, a true fifth guy, because I mean Peralta's your. I would say Peralta's your number three. Uh, then you got Hauser, and then your five is. You don't have anybody. I mean Anderson's okay. Yeah, go get Geo. Go I get Geo again. I don't think Anderson. Uh, Anderson can do it for you, but I think he'd be more like. He could be your your pen guy if you go to a pen when you get game. To the playoffs, you don't. When you get to the playoffs, you don't pitch five guys anyway. No, right, but you're full. Oh, Greg Council you, does. If you go out there, though, say you go out there and get a guy that's got, bet, you know, a playoff experience, he might be your three guy, and they move Peralta mm-hmm. to the pen. With Council, yeah, you, need like, you need like 30 relievers because he only <laughs> lets him pitch three innings. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. If he yanks Woodruff or Burns in a playoff game this year, I swear to God. He won't, but I do foresee him doing that whole uh, one-time-through-the-order thing. Uh, in the playoffs with, with everyone not named Burns and Woodruff. Yeah, he's going to one time through the order. Because Freddie and Suter doing that three and three is a good combination. Like they've oh, had for a- sure. So there's your yeah. third star. 
and then Brett Anderson and like uh, or I, maybe Brett Anderson and maybe Brett Anderson and um, Hauser go together because Hauser throws hard, doesn't he? Nah, ninety three. He's low nineties. But you know he comes out and gives you some random games where he can throw like nobody can touch him. Yesterday yeah. he was pretty give good. Me like a, give me like a good long reliever or starter that throws hard, and then a good long reliever starter that is another uh, a guy to match up with Hauser. Well, you know who it's going to be is Aaron Ashby is going to become like Corbin Burns like in 2018, and he could be the like. September guy. So he's down in the minors. Yeah, he's the big yeah. up and coming pitcher that we got now. But if it keeps going the way it is, he's gonna be up here way before then because they just Middle can't stand pitching right now. Maybe, but like what's the point? Honestly, just let him go and let him stay down there and oh no, they're gonna injury Really? Oh, maybe they did. They I think because Burns got some starts before he was that reliever. Is he true? No, he came right well, this... up as a reliever. This really? weekend's, uh, yeah. I think it's this weekend, minor start. Or was it last weekend? Who? Miners. Uh, next week. So this, this coming weekend. It hasn't started yet, yeah. Yeah. But the, he's, is he at the alternate training site right now? Ashby, yeah. I saw a video yeah. or I saw highlights of him from the other day, and he was just mowing down everybody. Yeah, it's – and in spring, he was dominant, too. Well, let's jump in. Is he a the... starter in the minors? He's trying to be, yeah. What are we doing with the, what are we doing with the Packers here? I don't know. The draft is – it's so hard to analyze the draft because they're going to pick someone random, and we're not going to know them. They do every year. Yeah, because the big one that they're getting tied to right now is Bateman or uh, Greg Newsom. Bateman will be gone. So, Greg Newsom is not Craig Newsom's relation. Right. The big thing I've been hearing is they're looking at trading up possibly mid rounds, but the only way I can see him going for that is like for a corner or something. Unless they got. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to be Bateman. It'd be nice to truly speculate, because, but like I, I don't, I don't know how to speculate with them anymore because what they do is not, like they are either ten steps ahead of what I'm thinking of, or I don't know because I don't see, I don't, I don't understand the moves they make a lot of times. Right. Like EJ Dillon last year in second round makes no sense if you had any intention bringing him back. Like the worst, now. the most annoying thing is, is. Tomorrow night, their draft probably – their pick won't be till 10.30 if they make it at 29. I let's, let's, could say let's, it's that late, and they might not even make that pick. Like, wouldn't Brandon Ayuk be pretty nice to have instead of A.J. Dillon right now? Well, yeah. Ayuk was picked first round. Oh, he was 30. Who was – there were some really good, like, third and like fourth. Like Claypool. Round. Claypool, yeah. Was it Claypool second? He was an oh. early second. I feel like the first 12 receivers that got picked were good last year. Yeah. In a yeah, year yeah. that we'll get a receiver. They said this I year. Like that T. Higgins was later. And he was really good. Who do you want to see him pick, Mickey? Um, I don't know. It's yeah, it's tough. I like I obviously I'd like to see a wide receiver, but I don't think they're gonna do it. Um I would like actually I'd like that Newsome. Um him or I'm hearing like maybe Asante Samuel. They were talking about him quite a bit. But like some of those other corners, they're just unreachable, you know, that though they're gonna go top probably top five or not top five, but top ten around there, like to the Cowboys, something like that, where you'd have to trade up to that high to get them. Like the the certain and JC Horn, yeah. Who knows? Maybe JC's stock will drop because of COVID. Um, the one that Caleb I, Fairley, yeah, he, yeah, here he, 
and Melly Montafano or whatever his name is, he'd be like a sec early second round target. So they might. They're saying that Fairley probably won't get drafted in the first round because he's got back surgeries. All he's had multiple back surgeries. There's no way they touch. They they don't take chances like that. Yeah, that's that's crazy how something like that just comes out now, like after they go through all the pre-draft meetings and stuff. Just beg, please take um, the the Cowboys linebacker, the middle linebacker. He dropped like a third Jaylen round. Jalen Smith. Yes. Out of Notre he had Dame. Injury. He had injury problems, yep. and he turned out good. It broke his leg in half, and then he he was like a top ten pick, and then he dropped out of like the first round completely. And it's like, please take him. He's going to be amazing. He's like the best linebacker I've ever seen in college. And he's a pro bowler. Yeah, it's I I don't know. It's like they're saying to some of these uh people or some of these insiders are saying um the with having Elton Jenkins the way he is gives them so much flexibility on the line to where they can they're not they're not um just tunnel visioned in on one spot as in guard or tackle. With him having so much flexibility, they can if they really like a guy at guard, they can go get a guy at guard instead of having to take a tackle or something to fill um, the spot. But I don't know. I yeah, if we learn anything about Goody, he usually doubles up in a draft on a position, and I wouldn't be surprised if O line is that. Right. Sure. So, uh, have you guys thought about my question of the day? Or- Hold on. A sneaky position I could see him going after is safety. I could see a first round pick safety because I think they I think they consider like um they either consider Savage or Amos. I don't know which one of them, but like they're not like a true safe. Like they want like a they would rather have another like back end safety because I think Savage was the one he was playing up closer to the line or kind of like a hybrid. And so like you kind of need plus you they've been using a third safety as a starter now forever. So like, mm-hmm. why don't you just go spend a high draft and get. Yeah. My thing would be, is I don't feel like they've, who, who is the last highest. Plus is you're looking, not very, you're not looking down the line here very far where you're either going to have to sign Savage to a giant contract or, I mean, Amos is going to demand a shitload of money on his next contract. I don't understand how all these, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what you're saying, but like the Buccaneers, I don't know how they can sign all these guys back. At some point, they're going to have to just take the contract and and at whatever they're getting, and not disgusting. demand high high dollar money. It's disgusting. So, as you guys yeah. think about Buccaneers, who, uh, can eat four and twelve because like the whole team is made out of like a bunch of China dolls, like old men that could easily just all be hurt too. Yeah, right. They're like the 49ers last year. Cornelius had a great team and easily a couple of injuries, and here they are, bottom bottom of the division. Yeah, the Rams, I mean, honestly. Kind of scary. Like, I could definitely see Stafford being a freak. He's got the weapons. So, who is your guys' top five on the draft board, then, for the Packers that are realistic choices? Well, I think Bateman, um, Fairley, but, and Melly Montefanu, whatever his name is, those are the big three. And then, uh, like I said, I think safety would be a position that I keep an eye out for. And O line, like if that Whitewater Quinn uh, Minor, if Quinn Minerts falls, I think he might be projected in like the top twenty. I don't know, but if if they, I can see them getting their hands on someone like that, a really versatile guard. Or spending the first round pick on a on a tackle. He's not he's not projected that high. Then he's second round for sure. Then he's projected fifty fourth on the athletic. So maybe yeah, second. like second round. He's the he's like the number one center then. He's the number two center on here on the on the athletics board. But I think I've been hearing. Well, obviously today the news came out. We were like targeting Bateman, so that anytime that comes out, you know we're not taking him. Impossible. I've never seen it. Nobody's ever been right about their pick. Seriously, no, never. Right. 
I, I honestly do Hold think, though, was, we're going to. Andy Herman was posting memories claiming that he had Jordan Love in his, like, final tweets before the draft, which okay. I guess. A lot of them kept saying about something about the the big, like, people are saying, uh, hearing big rumors, stuff like that about, or people's names keep getting mentioned. Like, they said Jordan Love is a guy last year that was getting so much talk about going to the Packers. That's why they're saying this year that's. That's what they're saying about Bateman. I just think he'll be gone. Like, unless we I trade up. You have to trade up to the to early 20s, if not late teens. If they don't take Bateman, I'd love to see him get Kadarius, Tony, or uh, the Purdue receiver. No, I like the old Miss guy. They've yeah, been Elijah saying Moore. They've been saying he's like uh, Ayuk, kind of a gadgety guy. Yep, I I think, yep. Yeah. I do think though, I, I saw that we don't have any receivers signed in 2022. Did you know that? Yeah. So I think that's almost a guarantee that we're gonna take a receiver in the top three picks because yeah, that's probably big. multiple because you can't expect to re-sign everybody and you can't expect them to draft guys next year and come in they have, and produce. They have two seconds. Or just one? I think we just have one. Once again, made no sense not to draft the receiver last year. Yeah, it really didn't. It made no sense. I don't get it. Like, Devontae Adams is a free agent. I don't know what's going to happen there. But And then you had absolutely no one proven to, like, so, like, was okay, so you think Lazard's good? He, he, he's going to get a, a, a contract now. See, the, the draft that we had last year would be like the draft that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would do this year. You win the Super Bowl, so you go get guys that are backups or future instead of going to get guys that are your future when you are one piece away or two pieces away. You go make well, the I same spot think, back back years. I do think whether we take a corner or a receiver, they will be a backup to start the year especially a corner. I think the whole reason we got Kevin King back is because he's going to start the year. And then when he sucks or gets hurt, which he's going to, uh, then they'll put whoever they picked will be in there. Dude, it's like 5% chance that your first round picks even a starter. Right away. Definitely not. Usually it's like middle of the late of the year. Yeah, the only way it really is is if you're if you're like n- number one or top five, then you're, you know, you're pretty close. But still, some of your like Trevor Lawrence guaranteed to be starter probably. Uh, whoever gets whoever goes to the Niners at quarterback, if they take quarterback, it's going to be a guaranteed starter. I would and actually no, not a guaranteed starter. Uh, number two is probably going to be a guaranteed starter, but otherwise. You're not looking at too many guaranteed starters. No. And I think, I mean, you look at, doesn't seem like Green Bay's second round pick gets hurt every year, second or third round pick. Yeah. That's why you like, think that on that day, they're probably going to, that's day two is usually, or, you know, day three, whatever, is usually when they hammer on one position, multiple in whatever round they have. But. And just hope one of them hits. Right. And, I mean, realistically, what are the chances that we, out of this draft, that we have, what, 10 picks, I think it is? How many do you think are going to be on our roster within the next five years? Uh, five years from now, will they be on the roster? Yeah. Well, if there's – um, Probably like three, four. There's more than five. I'd tell you that they won a Super Bowl. If there's less than two, Rodgers left in a real messy breakup. And the Jordan Love thing is not going probably pretty well. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers, that whole Gutenkins little press conference. What are your thoughts on it? I think they're going to trade him eventually. Not yet, but. I think After the I think, the pa- I, know, I think there's right now I'm sitting at about a 10% chance he comes that he plays in 2022 with them. Because I think they're going to try to bank off 
the cheap quarterback. You're going to trade Rodgers. They just saw what like Stafford got. Stafford got what two firsts, and right. Rodgers is way better than him. So you would think that Rodgers could get you like four firsts, probably. Yeah, but how old is Stafford? Thirty-eight. No, no, no. He's like 33, 34. 33. But, but Rodgers would probably get you like three first, let's say. And then you're going to have cheap quarterback. So you'd be able to, one, you'd have a ton of cap space. You could sign people. And two, you'd have a bunch of first round picks that you could draft some people. And you just got to, if, if Jordan Love can just be like average to, if he can be above average, you're probably going to win a Super Bowl then. And that's probably what they're going to bank on. And if he sucks, then you're going to suck. But, I mean, the 49ers made it to a Super Bowl with a pretty marginal quarterback because their roster was loaded. Everybody beat Aaron Rodgers with a marginal quarterback, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. So they want to try to use that plan, which sucks because Rodgers is, like, amazing. But that'll just probably get you more picks for the trade. No, it's true. The logic is there. It makes sense. It's um disgusting. I don't like it. No, because you know he'll win a Super Bowl with wherever he goes. Yep, absolutely. And like probably dance on their grave. Oh, and yeah. probably back. Like he's not gonna be like he's not gonna be like far. He's not gonna forgive him. Oh hell no. The funny thing is is far far left and had immediate success with the Vikings. And almost made it to the Super Bowl, like as the Packers were sucking. So it kind of it kind of hurt because it was like, oh, he left and is having more success than we did. Kind of hurt, I, dude. It was like the most painful experience of my life. Well, it was it was lightened a lot because Favre's last season was also the year we won the Super Bowl. So it kind of like we yes. almost got the last we got the last laugh type of thing. Absolutely, and you kind of forget about how terrible it was. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Where Rodgers, if like, I don't know, the chances of you getting three in a row, like, won't happen. I just. Infinite. But it's like, what's the, what's the worst, what's the worst quarterback in the league now? If Love turns into that guy, would you be like, okay, that worked out? Like, if Love. If you got three first rounders? Huh? Or what do you say? Say that again? Like, if we traded Rodgers for three firsts, like, what's the worst quarterback that Jordan Love could turn into, like, eventually become? And you would you'd be like, all right, that was worth it. Like, that, that whole mess was worth doing. Like, if he becomes – if Jordan Love becomes, like um, – Yeah, I understand the question now. Philip Rivers, I'd be pretty – I mean, I would uh, – he gave you, like, no, that's not even fair. Rivers is pretty good. You'd have to be happy with Rivers. Oh, for sure. He's a whole you'd have, you'd have you'd have to go with. I mean, the teams that are drafting quarterback now it's gonna be like Jacksonville, like Gardner Minshew, Blake Bortles, well, Mr. Bisky. What if we had a if we had Mr. Bisky? Blake Bortles took him to an AFC Championship game. He they yeah, but they, he was they, carried they by a joke team or by an unbelievable team. Jordan Love would have to be better than that. Bisky. Bisky. Like if if Jordan Love turns into like Kirk Cousins, you okay? Like would that be considered like okay, it's pretty good? Or does he like have Mitch, to be Mitch Trubisky? No, it's Kirk Cousins. If he turns into oh. that, no, I mean, yeah, I don't like it. or like it Baker Mayfield. What if he turns into Baker Mayfield? Like is that good enough? Depends on the players you get around him. You're definitely taking on that line. You're taking up that that more has to do with the end result than his play, honestly. What about you know Prescott? So he had the argument last week. He's or with with uh, the people from Wisconsin Clothing Company. He said he's top. What did they say? He's a top eight. I think he's really good. I think Dak Prescott's really good, and I would be super yeah, I mean, happy. And look, love turning looking that. back at the conversation. Yeah, he was right. There is not eight better quarterbacks. You know, he's probably number eight. If Jordan Love was to the point where they gave him top five money as a quarterback, I would be happy. It would be worth it. But you know what I think is going to happen? Rodgers is going to leave, and then they'll surround Jordan Love with a talent that they never surrounded Aaron Rodgers with. And it's because they 
they didn't have the money and they didn't have the draft picks that they're going to get for him. Right. They'll, they'll, they'll have either that or like say the opposite side of the ball, like the defense, they'll be able to spend money there or draft picks there and the defense will be immaculate and the offense might be just okay to get you through games and stuff like that to where like he would be a game manager, like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that. Well, that's the thing is if Rogers ever left, we would lean hard on Aaron Jones. We'd lean hard on AJ Dillon. And we, if Rogers got traded, we'd have enough money to pay Devante. So he'd be around like, you know, mm. Devante. Huh? I think if he, I think if Rogers go, I think Devante, I think he'd be going. You think, I think Jones goes too? I think Jones yeah. would be done after year after the first year. I think they might be all gone after this year. Why Jones? He isn't out. Yeah, I don't think they're. I don't think they have anything tied to him after this year. Oh, because what was it? A four-year deal with? They had some. They had some clauses or something in there. The whole deal is a clause. It seems like. Well, I thought that was a pretty team-friendly deal for how much he probably could have got for someone else. Extremely team-friendly. But, dude, when you look at the contracts, they can't afford them. No, but if you got rid of Rodgers, you could. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but how much you got rid how of, much dead money does Rodgers have? Not Next year, I don't know if he has as much. He has, like, none plus after you, this. Plus, you would trade him. So, I I mean, if you got rid of Rodgers, you'd, you'd be able to re-sign – Devonte, I probably assuming he doesn't like get all butthurt and want to leave, but then I mean, you you give Devonte to Jordan Love, like Devonte can Devonte put up like twelve hundred yards with Deshaun Kaiser, pretty sure. So like, if he can do that, Devonte can put up thousand yards with anybody. Imagine, imagine if the Packers did have money and they somehow wiggle their way into Julio Jones. I mean, how they'd have to trade for him. When they- All right. You'd probably – some were saying that they were they were hearing that they would have to give up a second and a third. I mean, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Oh, God, yeah, if, I, if we had the money. They're saying – like the Niners. The 49ers could trade – if they trade away Garoppolo, they, they'd make uh, probably 20-something mil in cap space. They could trade for – Julio Jones and still keep the number one draft pick or their number who would, three yet. Who would take on Garoppolo though? Carolina. I would have said not the Patriots before they signed Cam Newton back. Oh, that would be yeah. I could see that. Not for that much money though. Right now you got Cam. I mean, unless they do it, but the, you're not going to sign back back guys that are making that much. I think Cam's just a placeholder that if they find someone better, they'd go with him. Yeah. That's why I, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded up in the draft to get a quarterback. They might, if they just sit tight, uh, Fields might just fall to them. Dude, I bet one of them falls to him. There's no way. Sounds like Fields is the one everyone hates, and I don't get it because he looks so good in that game against Clemson. It'll make yeah. it amazing. The big thing is, is if an, if the Falcons take a quarterback at four, it's really going to throw in French in the whole draft. I've heard Kyle Pitts. You know how I, I said at the beginning of this. You know how at the beginning of this I said that I gave up gambling. Well, I have like a hundred dollars on the draft. As in your top five picks. Let me look at who I picked. I need. I know I need a shit ton of Alabama guys to get picked for me to win. Betting the draft is hard because, like, every bet, one side is, like, plus 300 and the other side is, like, minus 600. It's, like, there's no, there's no like, even bets. It's everything's just, like, right. really What would you say you're way. betting? Is it betting on them going in the top five or position-wise so or what? I need over five and a half Alabama players in the first round. So, okay, so you're talking – Devontae Smith, Waddle, Certain, Barmore or Barrymore, Mac Jones, and who's your who's your sixth? Dickerson. Najee Harris. Owen Dickerson. Landon Dickerson. Najee Harris. Um, 
There's another guy, Alex Leatherwood, that's like borderline. Oh, tackle. So there's like eight guys that are borderline. It's like that's at five and a half. Yeah, all I need is six of them. And then I also have Trevon Morig Woodard to be the first safety pick out of TCU. Uh, yeah, where the heck is he on here? I've seen him pretty high. I he mean, wouldn't be a bad guy. Like, if he's one guy that if he were to fall to in the 20s, I won't be surprised if the Packers went up and tried to get him, as in if, when you were talking earlier on a safety. And then I need under five and a half quarterbacks picked in the first round. So Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Fields, Jones. That's it. Yeah. So I bet you like all the others go day, Trask, day two. Like, like Kyle Trask, is he the next best quarterback? Him or Mon. Yeah, that, like that type of category. Gonna, They'll go neither day Neither one two. of them are going to be first-round picks. No. Can you guys, Mickey, or someone, can you pull up Gudikin's, uh draft classes so far? How far just in his career? Yeah, He's only been GM for, what, three years? So 20, 2018, 2019, 2020, is that the only drafts he's had? So, okay. I'll just go through. You want all the picks or the good, the bad? Do all of them. <clears throat> 2018. Jeez, you have them up? No, my, I was going to ask, I'm like, who, who did they trade up for two years ago before love? Okay, here's 2018. Uh, Savage. All right, 2018. First round, Jair. Then you got Josh Jackson, Oren Burks, Jamon Moore, Cole Madison, J.K. Scott, MVS. Equinemius, St. Brown, James Looney, Hunter Bradley, and Kendall Donerson. So three, four, five, five guys still on the team. Yeah, three wide receivers. And then so long snapper, except for they got rid of. But <clears throat> so 2019, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage. Elton Jenkins, Jay Sternberger, Kingsley Keek, Kadar Holloman, Dexter Williams, and Ty Summers. Repeat that. Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Elton Jenkins, Jay Sternberger, Kingsley Keek, Kadar Holloman, Dexter Williams, and Ty Summers. And last year's, do you want that one too? Yeah. So you got Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, Josiah Degara, Kamal Martin, John Runyon, Jake Hansen, Simon Stepanik, Vernon Scott, and Jonathan Garvin. God, what a bad draft. Like nothing is going to, I mean, you never know, I guess, in like two years, but like no one's done anything out of there. And like Ronnie and stuff, then yeah. Kamal Martin was a he was a good one out of there, but not like I mean, he's he started, but he wasn't like good, he was just a guy. Dylan's Dylan, Dylan, Degara might be, might could be like a weird thing, but otherwise, yeah, down further. If you go get past Ronnie and then you got Jake Hanson, Simon Stepanik. Vernon Scott and Jonathan Garvin. Just I think the, wasn't the best. The best player was 
probably an undrafted guy, Barnes. Yeah. I mean, you know it's a bad draft and your best players are undrafted. They seem to like Vernon Scott, though. They gave him a lot of playing time. Yeah. Paul, you guys got anything else? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to do a weekly segment about my favorite caller on that Brewers postgame show I listened to. So, you, you did, did you you saw the when Robertson against the Cubs got hit in the head? Yeah, and he's on a, he's on the concussion list now. Yep. Well, some caller was not happy about that. He was mad at the Cubs, and he comes on and he he suggested that we in the ninth because it happened in the bottom of the eighth or top of the eighth or whatever, and uh. He suggested that we should have two relief pitchers in the bullpen and one pitcher should come out and immediately bean the first three batters of the inning. And then he would get ejected and then they'd bring the, they'd bring the next guy in. And I'm like, what kind of show are you running where you're allowing callers <laughs> like that on? Oh, Don't they screen their callers before they allow people on? Yes. I'm part of it. They're just like the, the host or the guests are making those up. But you think? Um no, I don't I don't think that, but sometimes you know, I think there's I think there's legit crazy people in Wisconsin that call into those things. Like that's what they live for is just to call oh, yeah, the, the Packer postgame ones are nuts. Oh it's it's this is the same thing. It's I'm pretty sure it's the same it's gotta be the same people because these people are insane. All they do for one, who watches the, the entire nine inning baseball game and then Immediately turns their radio on just to listen to the post game show. Like you have nothing else to do, and then they call in. Like it's the same callers too. They must not get many callers because they they put the same guys on like every day, and uh, they they all talk with like a Wisconsin accent. I didn't even know like what a Wisconsin accent was until like the last year or so. I can start to hear them. Yeah, you can hear them. So are they um are they like is it a radio station that carries the game and then it just follows the game? Cause there's a lot, I think there's a lot of weirdos. Well, it's not that weird, but it just, it is a lot of effort that will listen yeah. to the radio <clears throat> while watching TV. It is. It's the, uh, it's the Milwaukee radio station that carries the game. And then after the game, they have this, this uh, post game show. What I listen to is like the next day they post it as like a podcast. So I just listen to that, but at the time that they call in, it's live. It's a live show. Right. Yep. yep. Right. <laughs> yeah, the Packer ones. Like, can you remember any of the Packer ones that you that you that were funny? Because I remember uh, any time that I would watch the Packer game, like at someone's house or something, on my way home, I would always listen to that, and it was just the like, and Absolutely. they'd always be mad. They would. They would. Everybody wanted to fire everybody every single time. There was never any like forgiveness or understanding or like, oh, this person's like. Easiest ones was there'd always be callers saying like you should bench Aaron Rodgers, and then there was like people saying we should get Hunley in there. <laughs> that's like that's like Noggle saying that they should go out and trade for Jameis Winston. Yeah, Noggle did say that he can't stand up for himself either. And it's like uh, I'm pretty sure that isn't Mark Tauscher on that that post game show for the Packers. And like anytime there's a caller, he just I swear he just ignores. He just they'll they'll play the caller and then he won't even like respond. He'll just talk about whatever the next thing you want because the the calls are so just like you can't even base a show around that. They're just so yeah. out there. I'm not that big of a fan of the host of that. Yeah, what is the only thing that I like about it is the, the return from the commercial music. It's my favorite. It's like straight out of like the late seventies. Agreed. I have a hard time listening to it lately. The last few years of whatever I used to listen to it religiously. Yeah, I, I I live in Iowa, so I don't I can't get it. Yeah, and you cannot stream radio. It is no, like you a, can't. No. Yep. It's annoying. Like even a post game show, it's not like there's any rights to it. 
Yeah, you'd, you'd think, think that maybe you'd want some listeners. Yeah. It's weird. It's really weird. There's rights. The radio stations, it's their rights. That's the that's one yeah. holding the show. I mean, I understand it being difficult to stream like the radio of the games because the MLB and NFL, like they obviously want to profit off that. So they charge you to get like tune in or like other subscriptions that will allow you to listen to it. But like the post game, there's no reason that you'd want to deny listeners. Yeah. Well, it's a pretty good podcast we're doing on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. this turned out okay. Next podcast, we will be in person, hopefully. After the, after the draft. Well, yep. I'm going to the game takes. Sunday. After the call of hurry, huh? Yep. Sunday we're going, and I think because they re, they moved a lot the uh, rotation around, I'm going to get to see uh, Burns pitch instead of Hauser, which is nice. Nice to see the record, hopefully. Knock on wood. Yeah, we need to just split. I'd be happy with a split. Doesn't he already have the record? No, he's down by two for the, the leading record for that Kenley Jansen has. He's got the starting as a starting pitcher record, but not as a pitcher. Jansen's got 51, and he's at 49. Pretty impressive start. It's, it's just, like, too bad that that stupid inning happened the other day because it just yeah. ruins stats. Yeah. Yeah. Because now he's like eighth in ERA or something. Well, he's like two and two with like a one. I mean, a one five still looks awesome, but Jesus, like a point zero three seven before. Yeah. All, All right, right the, Grom, the Grom let up a run today. All right. Well, that's a wrap on the Tailgate Tates podcast.